This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program news analysis, now we bring you a discussion on union cabinet decisions. The participants are T.R. Ramachandran, political analyst, and K.V. Prasad, journalist. Union cabinet witnessed today under the chairmanship of Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Today took a lot of significant decisions. One of the big things, of course, was the government decided to extend the 10% reservation for economically weak sections to Jammu and Kashmir, a decision which was already implemented in other parts of the country. Then increase the strength of the Supreme Court judges by 10% from current strength of 30 to 33. Of course, if you include the Chief Justice, it becomes 34. Regulation of shit funds. Then you have, of course, a lot more to do with the farming sector where the cabinet approved a nutrient-based subsidy, rates of phosphatic and potassium fertilizers for the year 2019-20. And finally, slew of international agreements, including ISRO, working on with the Moscow, Bolivia and Bahrain. Mr. Ram, if I were to take you to the first and most uh, significant decision, if one may look at, is the 10% reservation to the economically weaker section. It was already given to the people of India before the end of the last Lok Sabha, and uh, it was extended to those residing close to the international border. And by this decision today, it will extend to the state of Jammu and Kashmir. I think it's a very significant decision that has been taken by the Union Cabinet. Let's also not forget that there's been a lot of discussion on this particular issue of the 10% weaker sections economically. And therefore, I think in the overall scheme of things, it had to be extended to Jammu and Kashmir. Let's not forget that Jammu and Kashmir in its own way has, has people who belong to the economically backward sections. And it does make immense significance and importance that it has been extended to Jammu and Kashmir. If you look at the, this will also require that you will have a special law to be made to ensure that it is extended to the state of Jammu and Kashmir. And the state obviously is also looking for elections that people are talking, already we have heard the Bharti Janta Party yes. discussed it yesterday. And they are getting in the mode to get ready for as and when situation is conducive by the election commission to take it forward. Yes, I think by and large they are talking of elections in the next three, four months in the closing stages of this year to be held in Jammu and Kashmir. And I think that's a very important thing to keep the whole electoral process going in Jammu and Kashmir rather than keeping it in abeyance because that creates a different set of problems altogether in that state. So I think in the overall context of extending this 10% reservation to the weaker sections assumes significance in the overall context of where all it's been extended to the entire part of the country now, Jammu and Kashmir having a special status within the constitution of India had to be done in a separate announcement. Therefore, I think it was only very welcome as one sees it in the present context. If we were to take up the other decision on the increasing the strength of the Supreme Court judges, I mean, 10% as we just talked about in the opening, this is something, if you look at way back in 50s, probably we had five or six judges, and now we're 70 years down the line. But with the growing people, number of cases landing up in the Supreme Court, and the last figure is something like 58 to 60,000 pending. To be very honest with you, I think we require a lot more judges at various sections within the country beginning with the top, that is the Supreme Court of India. And I think 34 judges, including the Chief Justice of India, after this 10% increase, is still short of what it should really be. This is the opinion of the Law Commission and also experts who are acutely aware of the ground realities. There is no doubt, Prasad, that over the last decade or so, a great effort has been made by the justices at various levels, beginning with the Supreme Court, to overcome the backlog which had been mounting and climbing quite excessively. It has been a matter of great concern to people at various levels in the government, and this is particularly the case in the high courts and at the lower levels. 
So even with this 10% increase, one wonders whether this really helps the Supreme Court and the judges of the Supreme Court to carry their weight considering the load that is put upon them in the courts. Therefore, yes, this is, I think, a highly welcome decision by the center. But I think a lot still needs to be done on this front. That is a discussion separate by itself. But the fact that the strength of judges has gone up by one third in the highest court of the land is very significant. In fact, after a long time, they say the entire strength the Supreme Court needs was fulfilled very recently. I mean, all judges. As we move on, we look at the one more decision, which of course significant because it touches a large number of people, and that is the farming community. And for a long time, the cabinet has been working on this nutrient-based subsidy. Now, today the cabinet decided and rather approved the nutrient-based subsidy rates of phosphatic and potassium fertilizers for the year 2019-2020. I think the approved rates, of course, are very clear. There are some various uh, per kg subsidy for nitrogen is 18.90, for phosphorus 15.21, for potash 11.124, and sulfur 3.52. Now, this is the per kg subsidy rates prior to the notification. They said will remain the same as of 2018 and 19. And the expenditure for release of subsidy on these two, that is the phosphatic and potassium, during 2019-2020 will be 22,875 crores. Let's not forget that there has been an underlying current of dissatisfaction that the government of the day has not been able to do enough to satisfy the farmers. And these are also because of adverse conditions that have been affecting the farmers. It's either floods or it's drought or one form of distress for the farmers all over the country. Therefore, I think initially efforts have been made to write off the loans that the farmers had taken. And with the weather conditions being what they are, necessarily they had to undergo losses. And therefore, there were efforts made by the state governments as well as the center to write off the losses the loans of the farmers. Now, this is really being seen as inputs that is to be made available to the farmers for the year 2019-20. And it is generally seen that this would go a long way in helping the farmers in stabilizing and increasing their output. I think in some ways that this is being made available in the form of a subsidy is far-reaching. And I think the P and K fertilizers being governed by NBS scheme with effect from 1-4-2010 so I think with the farmer-friendly approach, the government is committed to ensure the availability of PNK fertilizers to the farmers yeah. at very affordable price. In fact, the government is making available fertilizers, urea, and 21 grades of PNK fertilizers to farmers at a subsidized prices through fertilizer manufacturers and importers. So the farm sector, of course, is being looked at and looked at very closely because of the larger mission is to double the farmers' income by 2022, something that the government announced in 2014 itself. So they're working towards it and every step should be in that direction. So I'm going to take a couple of international issues. There was one, the cabinet approved the signing of the UN Convention on International Settlement Agreements resulting from mediation by India. Basically, it says that the signing of the convention will boost the confidence of the investors and shall provide a positive signal to foreign investors about India's commitment to adhere to international practice on alternative dispute resolution. If you can throw some light on this. I think this has taken a while in really materializing and it's finally come out in the second term of Prime Minister Narendra Modi as the Prime Minister. I think the initiatives are intended essentially to see 
that you know there's a meeting coming up of the United Nations Convention on International Settlement Agreements in Singapore on the 7th of August and I think in the context of that meeting this assumed tremendous importance and significance the signing of the convention will no doubt boost the confidence of the investors and it will further boost india's commitment to adhere to international practice and alternative dispute resolution the adr i think india has now really focused on encouraging the adr mechanisms both in terms of encouraging international commercial arbitration and also to evolve a comprehensive ecosystem of arbitration so that the government of the day it is in the process of establishing the new delhi international arbitration center as a statutory body i think this is significant in its own way and therefore there is a certain background to it and therefore i think what is the effort has been that the provisions of the convention are in line with the domestic laws and efforts are being made to strengthen alternative dispute resolution mechanisms yeah, i think uh, the convention which you referred to obviously talks about uh, providing a uniform and efficient framework for the enforcement of international settlement agreements resulting from mediation and for allowing parties to invoke such agreements to akin to the framework that the convention on the recognition and enforcement of foreign arbitral awards i think very recently the government also replaced the ordinance to set up this issue which you just mentioned about the new delhi international arbitral center because it was said india the country where a lot of international companies are not doing business and issues that have to have a resolution requires alternate dispute resolution mechanism should be available within the country because other Otherwise, people travel abroad. The closest probably is some far east in the country in the far east. It's uh, essentially, I think, to infuse confidence in international investors that they are not stuck in arbitration or in dispute resolutions for an extended period of time. I think that is one reason why people are a little wary of coming and investing in India in a big way. I think this will probably pave the way for any doubts that people might have in coming to India with regard to foreign direct investment. I think also moves a step forward in the ease of doing business. That's something which India is climbing in terms of international rankings. Yes, you mentioned it rightly. We've improved our position tremendously in the last 5 6 years in the wake of the new government in the wake of the modi government since 2014 and the effort is to smoothen out all the rough edges that exist so that people abroad are really attracted to investing in india and find it as a interesting and a very encouraging destination it's like an all round movement to kind of give momentum and fresh impetus to see that the goal of making india also progresses on the same track and international companies come here to invest and create jobs and a manufacturing hub that india wants to become yeah. as part of the global supply chain cabinet approving the indian space research organization technical liaison unit at moscow now this was an average expenditure of 1.5 crore is anticipated to be incurred in the itlu as i just mentioned isro's technical liaison unit it will be enable effective technical coordination for timely interventions on diversified matters with russia and neighboring countries for realization of programmatic targets of isro now mr ram isro has been very recently in the news for the right reason the mission chandrayaan 2 is still traveling to moon and that's a big thing for isro it took off and the targeted remains september 7th barring an initial hiccup by and large i think within 24 hours the scientists at isro put right the hiccup for the problem that had arisen initially but then the second time that they announced for the launch of this satellite it was a great success and there were no hiccups thereafter it's a very very big 
big achievement for the scientists of this country. This MOU is likely to lead to setting up a joint working group drawing members from ISRO and the Bolivian Space Agency, which will further work out the plan of action, including the time frame and the means of implementing the MOU. So I think in the overall analysis, yes, this is a major step in the direction that India wants to enlarge its space research and now that it will be one of the top five to seven countries who would have landed on the moon and therefore I think this MOU will provide impetus to explore newer research activities and application of possibilities in the field of remote sensing of Earth, satellite communication, satellite navigation, space science and planetary exploration. The Department of Space has instituted the technical laser units, namely the ISRO technical laser units, already at Washington, Paris, with the prime objective to liaise with various governments and space agencies in the United States and Europe. Space cooperation has been one of the major links between India and Russia, and uh, we all remember the first Indian astronaut or cosmonaut, as he was called, Rakesh Sharma, went to a Soyuz air spacecraft way back in 1980s. And I think India and Russia space cooperation has always been very high. That's very true. I think India's cooperation in several of these key areas, especially with Russia, has been quite tremendous. And let's not forget, the erstwhile Soviet Union has been one of the most dependable friends of India in terms of serious crisis. And the bulwark of the Indian armed forces at one stage was virtually Russian armaments and equipment. So I think in the overall analysis, yes, this MOU would lead to developing a joint activity in the field of application of space technologies for the benefit of humanity. Thus, all sections and regions of the country will get benefit. In fact, the cabinet also approved two post-facto approvals to the MOU that ISRO signed with the Bolivian Space Agency, something you just mentioned a little while ago, and also the India and Bahrain cooperation exploration uses of outer space for peaceful purposes. So Indian space, which has grown leaps and bounds, that technical expertise is now we are trying to move out and see how India collaborates with some other countries and take the mission forward. Is that the message? Yes, I think by and large our efforts have also been in collaboration with others who are also making a big bid to explore the space and this particular MOU would lead to the setting up of a joint working group drawing members from ISRO and the Bahrain National Space Science Agency of the Government of the Kingdom of Bahrain which will further work out the plan of action including the time frame and the means of implementing this MOU. I think the MOU would lead to concluding specific implementing arrangements and set up of joint working group to work out the plan of action including the time frame and the means of implementing this MOU. Thank you very much. Thank you, Prasad. You were listening to a discussion on Union Cabinet Decisions. The participants were T.R. Ramachandran, political analyst and K.V. Prasad, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on the website newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.